We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Truth Faith Radio Show. Uh, my name is Ben Wade. I'm the host tonight, and I'm joined by Bolland. Hello, Hello. Bolland. Hello. And Mickey, Mickey, can you hear us? Hello. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's Derby weekend, but before we get onto that, uh, we'll just have a quick recap of the Leicester game. Um, we all went down for it, following uh, Rafa, in absolute pure delight, buzzing uh, at the appointment. Bolland, I'll start with you. How did you rate his first game? Um, so we definitely looked a bit more like a football team, which was encouraging. Um, there was obviously some sort of tactics and strategy that Rafa had given them, which couldn't have been said for previous away games that you know we've been do. Um, but it's generally, it was pretty pretty positive. The you know team played all right. One thing that you know is still an issue is scoring goals, and we didn't look like particularly scoring a goal would help um, if anybody to try to have a shot like yeah I was just about to say um, Mitrovic and, and Sissoko both should have done better with their chances and that's something that you need to sort of work on with them it's something it's a problem that Mitrovic has had all season um, and doesn't look like it's going to go away anytime soon so but aside from that generally pretty positive about the, the whole performance um, no one really disgraced themselves I don't think no standout rubbish player, which makes a nice change as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I think was it was it just a case that everybody was just bang average. Yeah, pretty much. No one really, no one stood out, but no one was terrible either. Really, um, there's still work to be done with Winyaldo and Sissoko. Um, they both need to start contributing a lot more. They're our two biggest players, and away from home again, both of them I think were disappointing. I know some people might disagree about Sissoko, but I feel like he still has to contribute a lot more. Um, I know it's all right. Like I think Dodds mentioned on the podcast the other night, like, you know, they're sticking two or three men on him. But you know, good players cope with that, and Sissoko doesn't seem to, or you know, sometimes doesn't even try to. So they at least like use the ball to to make make um, take advantage of of the fact that they've. They've put all the players on him, so surely there's got to be spaces elsewhere. But yeah, we we don't seem to be able to. It's not Sissoko's fault, but we don't seem to be able to take advantage of that, do we? Mickey, I'm sure you'll want to come in and uh, defend Sissoko's honour because you're such a staunch supporter of his. Um, <laughs> just just want to quickly uh, give give your take on the game. I agree with Bond, pretty much um, with everything you said. I think it was a different Newcastle performance away from home. There was no. There was no lack of effort there, which is the first time really we could say that about the entire um, the entire team. I think Sissoko and Mitrovic have cost us a point by not shooting the two of them. Mitrovic is a striker, getting the ball in the box seven yards from goal and not shooting. It just, it's just crazy. Um, I'm definitely, I, I think Rafa will 
Did you see the the Chronicle article about Cliver offering to come in and coach the strikers? <laughs> yeah, um, I really back it. I'd bring him in. <laughs> really, like the blo- the bloke knows how to score goals. I, I, I fear he'd probably have an adverse effect on them. Show them how to get really fat and and just <laughs> just go out on the lash all the time. Because I hear, hear that he was pretty good at that. But um, now nah, I think I mean it's, it's interesting. Like I, I read in the week uh, that Raf like Raf has made a, a point of emphasis of that that he's, he's working on. On Mitrovic uh, with his shooting and he's he's finishing, um, and you, you just feel like he's he's got so much potential. He's a, he's a great all round player, but it's just he's lacking the goals and that killer killer instinct, unfortunately. But you've got to remember the lads. What he's twenty twenty one. He's still a young lad. There's there's not many players come coming to the Premier League and, and tear it up in their first season. Um, and I Thank think you he's though. it's the most important thing for a striker. He's got to be he's got to be able to score. Yeah. Definitely. Um, just to jump back to the match, one of the encouraging things was that the players actually tracked back and we chased things and we we were in periods quite good at pressing the ball as well, which mm-hmm. we've not done home or away really, um, barring maybe the first half against West Ham, so that was another encouraging point to see. Um, I think Shelby's growing into the captaincy, if I'm honest, I thought he was probably our best player on the pitch the other night um, and gave everything for it, so... Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know that says it all, doesn't it, about how bad it's been for us that, that we're picking out the best on the pitch just as the person who's actually put in the amount of effort that should be just standards across the board in every single game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, the I, I was quite, I was quite pleased. I think in general, I thought, especially against a team like Leicester, who they've they've got real grafters in their midfield. I mean, Danny uh, drink water in. In Kante, I thought we're we're brilliant. Totally undeserved England call up. <laughs> but I, I just think um, they they like they they show you they set the this, this, the sort of the standard, don't they? For the ground they cover and the the jobs they're doing, they, they stick to it and they do it with real tenacity. Yeah. And it's it's something that you look to, like you kind of hope, like would look at. It, performances like that and, and players would think well if, if they're doing it and I mean they're, they're probably half the I mean Kant is a good player but Danny Drinkwater has he really got that much talent much, much better talent than, than the likes of Colback or uh, or Shelby I mean the, it's, it's just the fact that he's he's, he's just willing to, to put in the, the hard work and I think it's hopefully Leicester in total really I think this season not many people would uh, um, would will be sort of outworking them this season um, and I think that's why they, they are where they are because they, they work so hard and they haven't got the most talented players. They've got a few very good individuals, but it's just the fact that they, they just don't give you that the, the opportunities. I mean, the, the fact that they've they've limited us, limited limited us to very few chances. I mean, we've not we've had two half chances where we probably should have uh, tested the keeper, but other than that, we've not really been able to break them down. And that was a, a defence with Robert Huth, Wes Morgan, Danny Drinkwater in it. I mean, uh, Danny Drinkwater, Danny Simpson in it. Who you you wouldn't have been looking at them three like ever as being Premier League quality, um, and yet there they are at the top of the league. So I think you've got to give a lot of credit to them. Yeah, we we matched we matched them for large large spells of the game, and then we were unfortunate because we probably should have had a penalty. Um, <laughs> just 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 thinking back what I've just said there, it's a proper like Dave Bassett like three cheers for Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> um, he know. was bl- brilliant out there, wasn't he? Uh, at Leicester were awful I think like from what the, sta- the standard that they've set themselves this season they were awful um, but yeah do you, think, do you think we deserve a bit of credit for making them awful though mm, I mean, what do you think we I mean they've, they've, to, to be honest they've, they've not looked that brilliant in the last couple of games against West Ham and uh, Watford I mean they, they won that game but they they, they didn't look brilliant but I, I mean the end of the day, yeah, I think they didn't they they didn't really create any chances, and I think that's one of the good things is that we looked and they got a jammy goal. They did get a jammy goal, and the, but we looked we looked tough to beat for once this season, which was really encouraging. Um, I feel like if we go on on the road and play like that most most weeks, we're not gonna give away the, the, the one chance like like they got 
um, shouldn't have got Jamie cup. Vardy cheating it, it was literally a, it was a, the definition of a nil-nil game I thought in terms of um, the quality like the, the chances real chances created by both teams there's one bit of quality by Okazaki's won the game and that's fair enough you've got to you've got to take that sometimes but from it was encouraging from a cheating Jamie Vardy <laughs> but it was encouraging that we're, we actually looked like we're, we looked like a proper football team for once this season so um, hopefully yeah. that'll that'll continue for for the way performances and as you say, it's just testament to Rafa's organisational skills that he's he's got a team that have looked an absolute shambles all season, looking like at least organised and solid for within a, a couple of days of being with them. Which just I mean I think it goes to show how bad a job McLaren was doing. But well, by by the sounds of things, it sounds like McLe- uh, Benitez has actually got them training. Yeah, I was, I was reading <laughs> right, they used to get seventy two hours off before a game. Seventy-two. So it's three days. So, yeah. what were the, I don't know what they were doing then. Good and, uh, yeah, that's why they pay me the medium bucks. Um, <laughs> you know, and then uh, you know, I've lost my train of thought now. But like, you know, they're not training for three days. It's just, it's just absolutely bombing us. And Lascelles came out and said we're, we're actually doing work on tactics. <laughs> yeah. So they've had these seventy-two hours off, and then they must have two days possibly where they're training, and yeah. they weren't working on tactics. So what, what was McLaren having them do? It's it's mental, isn't it? I mean, probably just kicking uh, a ball between each other. I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping you'd answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, Bolland. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been down to training, so uh, I'm sorry, Bolland. I can't uh, I can't tell you that. But it is it is mental. I mean, that's one of the things that I think came out from the Pardew years was when we we had the success at the, the sort of early stages of his uh, management. It was when he was actually preparing for games and they were putting in a lot of work and in terms of the defensive. Um, organization and they were they were working as a as a group and and he was sort of pushing them to um, work, work as a group. Um, whereas you can't really see any of that. I mean, we've looked like individuals all season, which uh, has, has been <laughs> sort of the biggest downfall. Just getting people isolated and, and getting picked off, and they're just not obviously not good enough. But um, I think you 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 have even you, your worst teams that come up. They've, they look like at least that they've got a bit of organisation between them. That's the sort of the bare minimum. So it's absolutely shocking that um, it's it's taken this long for for someone to point that out. But hopefully we want a bigger and better things now, um, and we'll <laughs> hopefully we'll we'll uh, get a bit of luck uh, this weekend for once. Um, not be on the end of a, a, a scrappy goal like uh, Monday night. Let's talk a bit about Leicester before we move on, because. Um, We've been like as a group. We've been quite divided on uh, on our opinions on Leicester. Poland doesn't want to win the league at all. It never has. Dodgy's <laughs> always gone on about the goal music, um, the negatives, and then all of that. I kind of just everything that people have been saying the negatives about Leicester. I've kind of just said, well, it doesn't matter because they they've spent no money and they're going to win the league. And it's class. But being there on Monday night and seeing them all with this stupid like plastic clapper thing, <laughs> whatever it is, like full of paper and the ming and goal music. It's absolutely horrific. I'll I'll be genuinely embarrassed if Newcastle give out those stupid clappers. It's horrible. It's a false atmosphere and it shouldn't count. They shouldn't have been allowed to sing louder than us on the basis of having those stupid clappers. <laughs> it, ruined, it ruined the atmosphere for us, didn't it? Like, we've got a few songs in, but otherwise they were dead loud and it was just because of the clappers. Yeah, it's so budget. It's so, so, so budget. Um, I, I still think I want them to win the league because we only have to go there once. Yeah, um, I, can, I think I if they're going to win the league, they need to start behaving like a big club. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're top of the league now. Yeah, get grow rid- up, Leicester. Get, yeah, exactly. Grow up. Get rid of the music. Get rid of the clappers. <laughs> like, just give it a rest. You're not in League One now with the Championship. Just yeah, grow up. Yeah, cut it out. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to point out was we we didn't get that long to do it, but we had a couple of pints in Leicester before before the match, and they just didn't like. Nobody was very excited. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that was us, even though even though it's a Monday night game against one of the teams at the bottom of the league, if we were five points clear, like again, at the top of the league now, we had a game on on a Monday night against Norwich. Town would be absolutely buzzing. People would be going nuts, and they were all just like, like there was there was no buzz around. There was no like atmosphere or anything. I don't know. It was a Monday there. night, mate. There's no excuse. If it was a Monday night in Newcastle, when we were top of the league, would be going mental. I don't know. Um, it the, would like the, the town would be buzzing not these days I don't think it would I think you're wrong Sergeant Peppers would be absolutely <laughs> um, one of the things as well which I thought was a bit weird was the amount of time they spent goading our fans it's like you're Leicester yeah. City and you're top of the Premier League like 
enjoy it. Don't just spend your time laughing at Newcastle. Like, yeah, yeah, that was a bit unnecessary, wasn't it? It's but at the same time, as you said, they are a small club. It's small club mentality, isn't it? So don't yeah, like not really got much to say about that. To be honest, like I think if we were in a similar position, we'd probably be doing a similar sort of thing again. So if Newcastle were top of the league at home Monday night against Leicester, who were nineteenth. I wouldn't care what Leicester fans were doing. Oh no, I'm, I'm completely home, with like. you. But I think the sections that, that would still good them. It's just it's just a yeah. bad. Yeah, it's we're just perfect. It's just a football. situation <laughs> exactly. of football fans, isn't it? Uh, yeah. But now you're all right. I mean, it, it was at this point like you you think they would have just been singing like songs about Ranieri all day, like we were about Rafa. Um, but I, not the case. I suppose they've had it all season. Though. They're probably getting a bit sick of singing about them all the time. So. <laughs> it must be so, so frustrating. Yeah. Well, if that's, if that's true, they don't deserve to win the league. <laughs> Maybe they just need a dose of Steve McLaren for a little bit. Bring, bring them back to earth. It was a joke. If that was us, we'd be singing about Ranieri. Not even just at matches, but just in our general lives. Like, <laughs> just the, at work, sing, sing, singing down the phone. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, to be fair. I, I was very close to doing that on uh, Friday when uh, obviously I heard the news about Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I definitely did. Didn't go down well in an office in Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> um, watching their faces crumble was pretty brilliant, though. How how has the uh, this this week been working it's, working over over there? It started uh, the dark side. It started the dark side. Started brilliantly. I mean, well, last Friday was brilliant. Like the, the sheer anger. So even leading up to Rafa's appointment, they've been getting really angry at just sort of like the mentions. Say like, ah, oh, we've been linked with Benitez. Like just real rage. Like about to kick off and when the news broke like the loudest sits next to us just like swore and got up and walked out of the room and I was just sat there with my hand <laughs> Rafa Rafa very dead <laughs> um, that's good to hear but I mean one of the arguments they gave as well was in this situation who would you rather have as a manager Sam Allardyce who's been there loads of times before or Rafa Benitez which kind of made me chuckle because well, there's a reason yeah, why Sam Allardyce has been in that situation over and over and over again. I mean, if Benitez is capable of coaching a team at the Champions League, I reckon he's probably got it in him to get them out of the bottom three as well. He's never experienced relegation, man. What you're on about? You definitely take big Sam. He's had, he's had, he's been in loads of relegation. He's a great manager. <laughs> the other one was as well. He's just been sacked from Real Madrid, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not even a valid point because they literally will sack anyone. Yeah. At least and, he's and, and Ancelotti won the Champions League. I know it's not good enough. Get lost. Yeah, it's just just ridiculous. But, but probably lots of the rumours and all the Spanish press seem to think they're going to sack Zidane at the end of the season. Like Zidane, course of the will. Been given six months. Course of the will. They're pretty. So, he's not winning the league, so he's he's basically out of a job now. He's dead man walking. He's um. It's who they replace him with will be interesting. They've got they've grown more confident over the last few. Certainly since Leicester, they seem to be a bit more confident about things. And they seem to be looking at it very much as if like this the pressure's on us, we've got to win. They're expecting full meltdown if they win, but you know, the pressure's on us and that's the way they're approaching it and it's probably pretty fair to be honest. Well, I to, I, the pressure's on both that like neither team can afford to slip up at this stage. Well I was sort of chatting to them about this and I don't think you know the, the media Norwich Norwich have got us at home and I'm sure Villa at home as well. Yeah. Now if we if we say we draw this game um, I mean Norwich have looked poor but you, it, it's more than conceivable to think that they'll they'll pick up a couple of wins at home at some point against the rubbish teams like we can't be affording a split split point so I don't, completely uh, 50-50 I think the pressure you see I don't I, do, I disagree I, the media are building this game up to be like the, the, the 100 million pound derby and all this sort of thing um, I, just, I don't think it's true so say even if we beat Sunderland I think that puts us two two points ahead of them mm-hmm. it's not inconceivable that we could go on and lose another three or four games and they could win and then all of a sudden they're back ahead of us oh right yeah and like this same applies you know like if they beat us there's nothing to say they aren't going to lose a few games and we'll win some like as Benitez gets more time so mm-hmm. it's being built up slightly out of proportion but it is still a massive game for us well, it's not a black and white game is it like it's, it's not going to send either team down but it's oh, oh, let's hope it is Mickey Whoever whoever wins this is going to be the confidence that's going to run through either side. Whoever wins it, hopefully, us. Um, is it, I think it'll make a massive difference for the rest of the season. If we win, mm-hmm. I think we'll stay up. If we lose, I think we're down. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I swear, Bolo makes a good point. I mean, there's still like what eight ga- uh, nine games left. Yeah. Um, so as you say, anything could happen, and I still think that there's teams above 
as could, Norwich could and Sunderland in. that could get dragged into it because I don't think it's inconceivable. Twenty-seven points on off air, obviously, there's a lot of play for. But you have to look at the, the form of the team. We're down there for a reason. We're not. We're not been picking up points. I mean, we've still got. Um, I mean, the Bournemouth game was was massive, and we, we cocked that up big time. Um, you're not. You were not going to get many more opportunities like that to play the the teams that that are beatable at home. Like we haven't got many left. I mean, we've got what, Swansea, Sunderland coming up, Crystal Palace, Palace. I mean, we've still got Villa and Norwich away, which could could be huge, huge games as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. There's plenty more to play for, but I think from a, a mental standpoint, you lose this game like it's massive, just because you, you're giving up so much ground to the other team. Now I know it's only one win, but it's 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 a win and a to to them and a. I think for us, it's a chance that you've lost where you could have picked up points. I think it's must not lose rather than must win for us, because mm-hmm. we lose that puts the Markham's five points ahead of us. And yeah. You know, then it starts looking a bit grim. Not inconceivable we could catch them, but pretty, <laughs> pretty grim. Um, Dude, a, a defeat's a catastrophe, an absolute yeah. catastrophe. And I think that's the way we need to approach it. It's just don't lose this game. Just don't lose it. Um, yeah, that would be my opinion. For our sake as fans, if you disregard the whole picture about relegation and everything, though, we need to win this. We need to shut them up. I'm, I'm absolutely sick of hearing from them. <laughs> Six in a row, it's going to be seven in a row. Hey. <laughs> I've just, I've had, I've had enough. It's, it's been going on far too long now. Time has come for us to just put an end to it. I was chatting to one of them a couple of days ago, and he was like bigging up this six in a row thing. But this start of six in a row is one of these starts that in, say, the next few derbies, like we win two, draw one, and they win another one. Like all of a sudden, you know, people forget about six in a row. It's not that big a well, deal. I was going to say, no, no I, you don't hear too many Newcastle fans talking about their whatever twelve years was it. Without a defeat and Derby, something stupid. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, really. It's it's um, the status quo. It's it's only the most relevant record. That, oh yeah, uh, that anyone ever talks about. If we win now, six of us gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need to we need to finish that as well. It's pretty annoying. So I'm just I'm just sick of it. And my when you actually look at it on paper. They're not a good football team. They've not got. They've well, not got many good players at all. Well, excellent. Uh, Candy looks like he's all right, but apart from that, I mean, they've got the defence. This Coney lad might be all right. I don't really know anything about him. But other than that, like, where's Brown? <laughs> John O'Shea, come off it. Like they, they haven't been Premier League standard players for eight years. Yeah, I think the six six the in a row combined pace on FIFA is probably thirty two. <laughs> the six the six in a row thing. I think it's um. It's it's more representative of how far we've fallen than rather like oh, massive, like yeah. they've closed any sort of gap. We've just got rubbish because they're still finishing pretty much the same place as they always have. Their players are still dreadful. It's just that we've just decided to give up on footy. Yeah. Um, Dodgy in his um, in his match preview, which you should read on True Faith, that it's it's a it's a really good read this this week. Point out the stat that since um, the 2012-2013 season. Sunderland have won 32 games of 148 or something, whatever it works out as, and we've won 42. So we, in in one of the worst periods ever for Newcastle, consistently terrible football and terrible results, we're still 10 games, 10 wins better than Sunderland in that <laughs> period. Like They are still shocking. They're absolutely shocking. So you're, you're absolutely right, but on the six in a row thing is... It's completely reflected, uh, reflective on us being worse than them better. They're, they're no better than they've ever been. They're worse than they've ever been, if anything. Yeah, no, nah, th- I think, it, I mean, it's, it's no shock, is it, that we're. Like, the fact that we're just had a couple of relegation battles here after year now, like, we're getting sucked into um, in, in the sort of pressures. I mean, obviously, last last season, I didn't think we'd. we'd Sort of be back down there. I mean, obviously, I just sort of wrote that off as just Carver being John Carver, but it is worrying that this this squad where we've seen they've got a lot of talent, but it's just so um, inconsistent. They don't put any performances together, um, and there's a lot of people in there that taught taught a great game and they'll do um, something brilliant in a game, but over the course of a season, you you end up where you deserve to be, and I think it just shows that. The recruitment side of things, um, Rafa's if he stays, and obviously we stay up this season. They've got a massive, massive uh, job to to rebuild the core of this team mainly. Um, I mean, the defense has been shocking for a while, and even one of the sort of the, the better players who get doesn't really get much stick. Yamat, like 
defensively he's not great. He's he's very good going forward and, and supports works well with Sissoko and the support the attacks but defensively it's all over the shop and there's just no real um organisation at the back there which is just the bare minimum you've got to have. I mean as I say I go back to Leicester. You look at their defence, you wouldn't say on paper you would take any of their players in our team yet they, they work well other than the left back because he's actually a proper left back and he's quite good because <laughs> he, he is a left back but other than that like the I mean maybe Huth probably you just take, because he's a tank Morgan, you take Morgan and Huth over Collar and Mbappé uh, I, d- I don't know they're top of the league nah I'm not having <laughs> it the rubbish man but um, yeah it's just it's, it is just players have let themselves down but they've, they've been allowed to they've been coasting I mean you hear stories like that about McLaren not even properly training like no wonder we're down where we are there's no urgency there's no um, organisation around it they're, they're just allowed to basically get away with murder for get get paid the hundreds a week to do a couple of days training that's disgraceful no wonder problem, we're down where we are because it's just going to breed got the back. complacency the problem we've got at the back is Colatini has, has had four years now where he's been massively underperforming and he's just he's just Guaranteed. never going to lose his place because the people in, and people we've got in reserve the other centre-backs at the club are Stephen Taylor Tim Arnold Mike Williams had, had four years as a, an under-secretary <laughs> debt they're absolutely no joke but they're none of those are Premier League players so Colatini just by the virtue of not being as terrible as the other centre-halves out of the club has to play the yeah. the back has always been that we just haven't signed anyone that's actually good enough to play at the mm. back in the Premier League yeah, for a long time apart from Mbemba I was going to say I think Mbemba looks like he could do it but as you say it's you, you need someone next to him that's actually competent and he the options are just there aren't he should be playing Mbemba alongside someone that's 6 foot 5 and is going to win everything in the air and it'd be like a, almost like a brick wall because Mbemba's a classy defender who's good Good on the ball. He's reasonable in the air for his size, but he's only five foot eleven or something. Mm-hmm. So you put like, when you put someone like well, Connor Wickham is the, is the one that's cut my head, but like sort of like <laughs> big, big aerial seven striker. Collection it straws that isn't they're it? Gonna, they're going to struggle, aren't they? Because they've got they've got no height between them and no strength. Mm-hmm. No, nah, definitely. I mean, you, you just look across the, the league. Everybody's got them, Boris. Really. Um, I mean Sunderland are full of them this Coney lad's big like O'Shea and West Brown they're not good defenders but they're big like physical players aren't they yeah. uh, like the likes of Stoke have always got them Shawcross and Walshied. Um like Leicester Morgan and, and Huth they've all got big lads who are, are, are going to give the strikers a, a tough tough game week in week out and I've sort of made the point um, absolutely mortal on, on uh, Monday night that I think Mitrovic played so much into the hands of Huth and Morgan because he was just wasn't really looking for the ball. He was just looking for the contact with them and, and trying to st- st- basically steal free kicks off them where the ref just wasn't having any of it. And I think he was too more bothered about the physical battle with them than he was about the ball. And just you, you, you get a tough game every week in the Premier League because you're playing up against big, strong defenders that are gonna gonna make it a tough game for you. And that I think that's what what, what we lack is pl- strikers come here and they they're given a field day. I mean, look, look at Diego Costa for for Chelsea the other week. Been having a very light average season. Chelsea's been shocking, and he's literally given all the time in the world, like all the opportunity to to actually sort of play himself back into form. And he looked he looked like a <laughs> the the world class player that he he did last season and the year before uh, at Atletico, whereas just he, he hasn't been in that four more season because he's not been given any easy games and I think that it's just mental that we're still sitting here for years and years and years we've been crying out saying you've got to get a centre back a decent centre back we've gone and got Mbemba but he's exactly the type of build as, as Colaccini he's not going to change anything on, on his own so I think that, that hopefully that'll be something that they'll look to, to address in the summer but anyway we're going off topic so Mbemba should have been signed as Colaccini's replacement not yeah. to play alongside him yeah agreed so looking forward then um, to Sunday, uh, we'll just quickly talk about the team selection. Mickey, start off with it. Start off with a tweet, Ben. Richie Smith's been in touch. Oh, yeah. Long time listener, podcast guest regularly, um, and something me and Barn talked about before the, the match as well. Before the podcast, sorry as well. Richie mm-hmm. Smith said, "What's our thoughts on starting De Jong on Sunday?" He was technically a cut above some of our midfielders when he came on on Monday. Mm-hmm. That's something that I would agree with. Um, mm-hmm. Well, hardly. I thought he looked excellent when he came on. Shall we get on to him when we get on to the actual position? Oh, you want to go through the team from the back? Did I, I think I think it's 
we've we've got plenty of time to fill. So uh, let's let's not rush straight to the attack and then have half an hour to not talk about anything. <laughs> cool. So keep there, Mickey. Who would you play? Oh, a, a bit of a pointless question. Isn't it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob Root or Carl Darlow? Anyone's going to put the Darlow argument out there? <laughs> Bolland, do you want it? You, you, you like a controversial uh, shout? Are you going to put Darlow out there? No, I've been sticking up for Rob <laughs> Elliott for weeks now. I'm not about to drop him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a no-brainer. Defence then. Um, so obviously, there's rumours. God, get in touch with us on Twitter and let us know if you would play Rob Elliott or not. <laughs> you're, you're the one that hates more him more than anyone else. I don't hate anyone in the world. <laughs> so, back four, Mickey. Give us your back four. It sticks itself, really, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, it, it the Retton and Bemba's Bemba, uh, coming back in, so who would you drop for him? Stephen Taylor. Um, I think the style looks solid in the air, so you can, as long as we can... If Rafford knows that Bemba's going to play for the next couple of days, he should just be telling LaSalle, you just win the ball. Basically, do what Mike Williamson did, win the ball and give it to someone else so you're not losing it, because his, his distribution has been frankly disgraceful over the past few weeks. He looks like... It just looks like Williamson. I'll so just I'll just put like the, Williamson. The shout out playing devil's advocate. They've they've lost Fletcher, so they haven't got that aerial threat. Who, um, not that he was a massive threat really, but I've got in though before you. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. good shout. But I was going to say, if it's if it's Defoe, do you really want Lascelles, who's a bit? I, I suppose I'm not saying that like Taylor's a donkey as well. So it's it's a lesser evil, I suppose. So you you back Lascelles over Taylor? Yeah. Um, Taylor is is for me now he's a bit of a lost cause he, he's had a few good years but really he's just been an injury prone career defender um, and he he's the one in the team without Tiote that you would worry might lose his head mm-hmm. and we can't afford we can't afford another red card we're just getting red card after red card against Sunderland I think this is such a big game and Stephen Taylor's played in them before and played alright in derbies before as well I think you, I don't think you can drop him Um at this stage, Lascelles is too inexperienced. He hasn't shown, I don't think he's shown anyone enough to show that he should be starting ahead of Taylor at the minute. Um, and Taylor's the kind of person you want on the pitch in these games. Like he's going to be fired up. He's going to, you know, he's going to give you absolutely everything as we've seen in the past. Like he's quite a solid derby player for us. I thought he did all right last year, didn't he? Until he, he went off. Yeah, he, he cracked his head off the post yeah, or something, didn't he? Headbutt um, the post. We need that. We need that sort of uh, bravery. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bravery. He's going to put his body on the line for it, isn't he? Like, I don't know if we can at this point say the same about Lascelles. Right? I think Taylor and Mbemba for a game of this size, it's got like it's got to be those two. I don't think you can look past them unless Colacini's back. But yeah, just those two. Left back? Would you go call back? Yeah. If only we had a left back. Unfortunately, I think it's got to be callback again. Um, we have literally nobody else. <laughs> yeah, so just try to think if anyone's back fit. They're, they're wanna, not even close to that. You could stick Anita in, but Anita's terrible, so I wouldn't bother with that one. Um, right, so let's just fast forward. So, De Jong, Mickey. <laughs> well, I haven't talked about the centre bit. You know, <laughs> could be a bit of a debate in there. Go on then, Valen. Put 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 forward your case. What for the centre mid? Yeah, I don't know, Shelby. And I really don't want it to be Anita. It's, it's, I don't are you, to, are I you don't putting forward Anita? I'm not putting forward Anita. Saibé, the lad's not had enough of a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's an interesting one. I mean, because what you could do, I thought Wijnaldum actually against Leicester looked better um, when he dropped deeper. Dropped deeper. So that's actually and that that would give you the option to bring in a certain player who will will not mention not who mention, could not mention, could, yeah. could be coming up uh, being mentioned later in the show. So I think that could actually be quite an interesting partnership because Shelby, since he's come, has actually sat a little bit deeper anyway. Mm-hmm. So playing he's, he's, he's a deep line player. He likes to get the ball, get on the ball as much as he can from the defence, and, and he finds that space a lot easier the deeper he goes. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to touch on it in a second, but playing Wijnaldum a bit deeper, even though he's been probably one of our best attacking players at times, uh, you know, it could it opens up positions for. He's a quality player, though, isn't he? You want to get him on the ball as much as you can. I think that's the, the disappointment with the performances away from home in some of the home games recently. We, we don't appear to get him on the ball enough, and he goes missing in games. You want him being at the forefront of, of everything that we do because he is a he's great on the ball. He's he's quick. 
great at dribbling, carrying the ball, and he'll link up well with players. That's exactly what I was about to say. He can carry the ball forwards for us, which Shelby doesn't really do. Colback definitely can't do. Anita definitely, definitely, definitely can't do. <laughs> so, you know, getting the ball out of, from defence, it'd be pretty helpful having someone who can just move the ball up the pitch quickly and, you know. So I think it's worth you know, it, was, it was worth having the conversation. <laughs> I don't think that's all happened. I was going to say, do you think? Do you not think he'd be a bit too lightweight though? In well, especially we've been, in we've a, been playing a Burn and Anita, so yeah, you're right. He's definitely heavier than him. <laughs> but but is, is I mean I'd, I'll give it to Vin. He's got a big backside on him, and he's happy to put a tackle in now and again. He's had some now and ag- exactly yeah, now and again now and again. I had to stop myself there from before I embarrassed myself any further trying to put forward that that's case. The thing. Ben, that's ben what makes me agree with you, Bollinger. The fact that Anita and Colback, I mean, Colback would, would probably do a bit of grass in the middle and he would, he would make a tackle. He'd make a lot of tackles, but he's going to have to put a left back. Anita would be an absolute passenger in this game. He'll not get stuck in enough. He can't make any like, incisive passes. He doesn't really look forward, so he's, he's a pointless player. So I would I would bring Wijnaldum into the middle with Shelby. I think Shelby can handle that battle on his own mm-hmm. um, and hopefully if if Wijnaldum gets gets hold of the ball he won't have too much of that Shelby won't have too much of that battle to do to, to make it unmanageable I mean hopefully if so I would, sorry I would definitely start those two and it would it would allow us to do something else which I'll talk about in a second um, but for me those two in, midf- in the centre of midfield against a team like Sunday makes them at home makes the most what, sense by far one thing we're going to have to be sort of careful of as well is, and we've seen in the past that Anita just gets taken out of these games he becomes an irrelevance and Sunderland have got a very big strong physical midfield at the minute and Vernon Anita for me isn't, isn't the guy to handle that I mean Wijnaldum isn't either but we don't we haven't seen him being played in the thick of it yet have we really we've seen him played out <laughs> wide and sort of behind, he's never there. Behind, behind the striker like we've never seen him actually in that midfield battle so you know, we're talking about the, the guy who was like best player in the league in Holland last year. You know, mm-hmm. you can imagine he's got something about him. Um, mm-hmm. And to come up against, he's him. got the ability to to take the game past the Sunderland midfield just purely in a technical manner, where Anita doesn't. Yeah, and he's got he's got that above Anita, and Anita's going to be no better than him in the physical battle. So he could could it. could draw a lot of fouls as well. Was, yeah, I'd say the one thing that Sunderland's midfield have got in is a lot of red cards. I mean, Envia's record's been decent since he came to the Premier League, but previously he's been one to just get sent off for stupid things. And obviously, Lee Catamull, like, you didn't need to say any more about him. He's mm-hmm. definitely got a red card in him, so maybe having someone a bit tricky. Get him in the field. England squad, Catamull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, now, nah, I think it'll be, I mean, it's one one of the things I think I'll point to as well is, I mean, not going over to going over it too much, but the, the away game this season, um, like, we dominated the game first half. Um, we had all the possession. We we were sort of the on the front foot, um, and if we, we sort of play a similar type of game where we're we're on the ball, we've we've got all the possession. We're sort of dictating the play. Um, you can see that playing into Wijnaldum's hands and Shelby's especially um, a lot more if if they're in in the middle together because they're both happy to receive the ball. They'll they'll play it off each other, um, and and they'll be able to to link up with everybody else around them a bit a lot better than I think. All the other players are equipped to do so. Um, I, I, I don't whether he does it. I think it would be a, a, quite an interesting call, but I'd, I'd definitely advocate it. I think that's definitely the way to go because I think it, it just all op- opens up some more options uh, in other positions as well, where I think they could be key and be a big benefit of the team. Um, wide, so that's if, it if, then, if, isn't if, it? If, if you're playing, oh sorry, mate. That's it. Playing, playing Wijnaldum in the centre of the field as well allows allows another player to come in in a more advanced position. Oh, I'm getting so, so excited. If he's not no playing there, he's either going to be on the left or number 10, which means that it's either it's, it's only one player that we're going to have additional to him and Sissoko. Mm-hmm. That runs three of the midfield. Yeah. I think our best option, and I agree with you, Smith, is to have De Jong playing off Whoa. the striker. And um, Townsend on the wing, because Townsend's fast, he's going to mm-hmm. cause problems. He's a difficult player to play against, um, and he's a winger, he's an actual winger. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's, so it's a no brainer, isn't it? If we're going to play Mitrovic, it, you've got to have Townsend because he'll actually deliver the ball. Yeah. So, what I think he probably will do is he will play any day. But I think what, he, what he'll end up doing is playing Wijnaldum back on the left and Sissoko on the right. And I think I'm pretty confident De Jong will start. Um, if he doesn't poke himself in the eye or yeah, if that, um, blow he's his proper, toenail off or something. He's. As soon as Benitez became our manager, the first player I thought of that could, this could really benefit to De Jong because De Jong is a Benitez player. Like, yeah. 
Um, really, well, from what we've seen of him, confident on the ball, good at retaining p- possession, um, pra- strong, strong. Describe him as pr- pragmatic. Um, you know, I think he's someone that's going to be. If Benitez stays, has got a big, big future under Benitez, and I think mm-hmm. actually already he's sort of thrown his hat in the ring for the captaincy eventually. Oh, big shot! Yeah, um, yeah I mean the the games we've seen him this season, he's 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 been really good. He he just looks like a quality player when when he's fit, and that's the the frustrating thing is that he's not been available enough. But I think he's got enough about him. He's he, as we said before, he's strong enough and big enough to to be able to hold the ball up, and it, it would li- literally be like playing another forward in that team where. He'll he'll link up with players and bring the ball, and then it's the the problem of getting players up past them, which we haven't been doing enough recently. You need to be getting your likes of Wijnaldum running from midfield, deep like deep runners. Yeah. Um, Shelby on the edge of the box needs to be testing the keeper, getting Sissoko in, in Townsend past him in the in the corners, getting across and whatnot. So a couple of other things I wanted to, wanted to say about De Jong was um, if you start De Jong like we did against Spurs and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You can then change the team. So if we're playing Wijnaldum yeah. on the left, we can bring Townsend on, we can bring Perez on, and we can change the game, which is something that Inder McLaren, the, the team that we've put out, is just the, the is, the, is the team because yeah. there's no one to bring off the bench. Like I would don't back De Jong as someone you bring off the bench really. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, if you play De Jong, you don't need to play Mitrovic. So you could play Cisse, or you could play Perez as a striker. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden. It just cha- I think it just changes the yeah, team, yeah. changes the dy- dynamic of the team so much. Nah, th- it's a very good shot. I think. I mean, as you say, De Jong's big enough. As I, I mean, as I was saying before about playing the set forward, he's big enough to hold up the ball and, and bring the ball down and, and link up with the players. And I think you're right. We, when we're, we're struggling for a goal scorer, it's, it's crying out for Cisse to come back in, isn't it? And oh. and and feed off feed off the service because we we do look like we've got a team now. If with everyone's fit on the pitch. Townsend, Sissoko, Wijnaldum and Shelby respectively in that team put De Jong behind the, the striker there's a lot of service in that team a lot of good players who are technically very gifted got lots of pace in that and that we, should, we shouldn't be where we are it's just we're lacking we're, we're probably creating enough chances in games but we just don't have anyone to get on the end of it um, so yeah I mean I, th- I, th- I agree I think that would be a much better balance of the team and, and as you say it gives you the option if, if you do want to go long ball then you've got De Jong and Mitrovic and and then it's not a case of them just being able to to double up on on Mitrovic and try and crowd him out. You you got to worry about De Jong, and and vice versa. Um, and uh, as you you're completely right, it just gives you more options to 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 change in game. I think as you say, that's one of the problems is we're too predictable a team to play. Teams know what we're going to do. Whereas someone like a De Jong, if he plays in in that ten role, starting that ten role, I mean, you could even see him sort of dropping in to to the midfield, making a three if if need be, or or going up front and, and making a two. He's he's a versatile, good enough player that he he should be able to adapt anywhere. Yeah, but I remember when we signed him, Pardew was sort of lauding him as Kabai's like direct replacement. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen him play in midfield. McLaren seemed to think that he definitely wasn't a midfielder, but you know, from what I've seen of him, he looks like somebody who could do it. Um, yeah, it's a bit slow though. There is that, but as as Mickey pointed out, so so are their players, so it shouldn't matter. Yeah. Mickey, do you want to have, add anything on De Jong? You've not really spoken about him. Uh, not really. I think it's a shame <laughs> that he's, he's had the injury record that he has, but there's a reason we're signed Ajax as captain for five and a half, six million quid. Um, I think we must have known that there was there was issues with his injury record when we signed him. Um, <laughs> yeah, nobody, hang on, nobody could have uh, could have foreseen. A punctured lung. He had a, uh, he had a punctured lung no, last season at Ajax. Oh, did he? Yeah, it was just when he so he's when had it, two. Yeah, when it happened here, oh. it happened. It was the second time. Brutal. Yeah. And and then put um, himself in the eye. Yeah. But he, he he does look like a like a quality player when he's when he's played. It's just not enough. I would I would give him the shot against Sunderland, and he of all of them as well. He's the one that looks like he's hungry when he's when he's being fit. He's been sort of buzzing about playing in the reserves. Um, Mickey, we're losing yet? So, yeah, I would play the young. Wake up. 100%. You're getting quieter again, Mickey. <laughs> 100%. So, do, who do, is uh, CC back for this game then? Yep. There's rumours that he's going to be fit, but being realistic, he, he shouldn't start. As, as much as I'd like him to, it would be rash because he hasn't played. But it, it's, 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 it's an option to come off the bench, isn't it? As, we're saying yeah. there another option where he has got goals in him, um, so yeah, it's it's uh, looking good. So would you go Mitrovic or Perez? 
or doing uh, beer uh, for uh, that uh, one in the mix. Um, well, I think if Cissé's fit, I'd start him. I, I think it's <laughs> worth. I think it's worth the gamble. I think mm-hmm. you know this, the, some of the chances we've created this season. If you just had Cissé instead of Mitrovic, you just scored them. Um, if he's fit enough to to be on the bench, then he's fit enough to start. Mm-hmm. For me, um, aside from that, I think if you, you just stick with you stick with Mitrovic. He caused them a number of problems at their place. I know the score was three 0 but that obviously didn't reflect the game. Mm-hmm. He had a good game against them at the Stadium Light, so and he'll be you know what he's like. He'll be bang up for this as well. Um, he missed a setter, didn't he, at their place? Yeah, yeah. setting just in, just at the start of setting off. Um, so it's worth it's worth persevering with him. I think Perez. I'm still not. I want to like him as like an out and out striker, but I just feel like he's not mature enough yet to do it because he just comes looking for the ball. He, like even if you play him as a striker, he comes mm-hmm. so deep for it. When we need someone just on their defence for the entire game, pretty much because they are liable to mistakes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd stick with Mitrovic if CC doesn't make it. Um, on Dumbia, I'd like. I'd still really want to see Dumbia play some <laughs> actual football for us because he comes with quite a decent record. Like. And they keep saying he's not fit, but what what on earth has he been doing? Yeah, he hasn't been training. Apparently, he doesn't no. do training, and that's that's why Roma wanted rid of him. So I, I don't know, but you'd, you'd think if they've put they've invested as much as they have him, I mean, they've basically pinned their hopes on on him to come in and get with these goals. You've got to give him a shot, surely. Like yeah. give him give him a chance, give him an opportunity, at least try him, and then you can say if he fails, then. You tried it. Don't just not give him the option. Do you know the opportunity? Thanks. It's mental. Thanks, Mickey, you're uh, too quiet again, mate. You need to speak into the phone. Hey, it's, it's a chance. You're saying give him a chance, then, but his chance for me definitely doesn't come by starting at home. Oh yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm. I'd, I'm not saying start him in this game, but I'm just making the point that we've not. We've literally. He's been here since um, January, and we've we've not seen him kick a ball. Yeah. It's like that. What was no, agreed. But I certainly wouldn't start. him Richard Perez' question is an interesting one if we start the young because it does open the door a bit for a striker more like Perez to play mm-hmm. because the young will do a bit of the a bit of the graft and a bit of the hold up which Perez just isn't capable of because of his, his size um, but it's a, it, it would be a gamble to start Perez now yeah. <laughs> right sorry yeah so um probably worthwhile we've gone through our team talking about Sunderland a little bit um, Sunderland I don't know most of the players <laughs> <laughs> this should be interesting then um, this, this might not be a great conversation for you then Mickey um, who's the right back B- Billy Jones isn't it yeah Billy Jones Billy Jones just average name Billy Jones oh yeah man average name Billy Jones yeah Um yeah, so that's probably one of their weaknesses. Actually, Billy Jones is probably their, <laughs> probably their worst player, um, aside from Wes Brown. Um, it's Do you think we'll see Sissoko play on the left? Then? <sighs> no, I think. I think it depends if if Townsend if he starts Townsend. Yeah. Um, I don't think he would, but would, but he did. Obviously, that was a real. Uh, that was obviously a plan straight away. Yeah, no, it's possible. The on Monday, Billy Jones is is pretty pretty awful. One thing that Van Arnold is good, is good going forward, but Van Arnold can't defend. So. Well, yeah, I was about to say Sissoko might be better off on the right, exposing the, the space behind Van Arnold and uh, and Kazi. I think it's been they've been playing there, so it'll be interesting to see where he puts them. But um, I think either side, their fullbacks are pretty pretty weak generally. Yeah, Van Arnold could cause us trouble going forwards, but defensively he's shocking. I think he's one. He's probably the worst left back in the league for defending. Um, I don't know why I was up there because <laughs> yeah. we don't have one yeah. <laughs> Dummett can defend at least they've got a left like well I suppose at least yeah um, but sort of so it's worth sort of noting that Sunderland have picked up six points from the last five games and they've only lost once which was against West Ham so since January they've actually sort of picked up a little bit um, bringing in the likes of Coney alright put your red shirt away will you we can all just pretend that they're absolutely awful. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably weird. I'd like. I'd much prefer that. Um, <laughs> now carry on. Okay. Well, you know they were rubbish at West Ham. <laughs> they weren't. They've actually played okay at West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> they have picked up a little bit. We touched on Coney before. Like, I think if we'd, you know, if we'd had Benitez and we were playing the Sunderland team that we played last time, I think we'd smash them all over at St James's Park. But I think this is going to be a really, really difficult game for us. 
because of the likes of the players they brought in, like you just mentioned Kone, this Kazi, um, all but one failed Rabona, looks like a pretty decent player as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pathetic though, what was he doing there? <laughs> Go on, Mickey. I would be Sound furious off. if that was one of our players. Regardless oh. of who it was, I'd be so angry. It, it reminded me of something Ben Arthur might try, except Ben Arthur would have pulled it off. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, this is, you know, if anyone's got anything else to say on the Sunday players, we can I'm just, just move saying, on, you know. I mean, I think. I don't, don't want to just list all of their players. The, the biggest point, quite good. Yeah, the biggest, the biggest point, I think the biggest difference is that they've they've got Defoe who, when they, when they signed him, I thought, what are they playing at? Like, I didn't think that would be, in, like, at any point, a success for him. I thought he's, he's passed it. He's obviously lost his desire, the fact that he'd gone and played in the MLS. He's he'd lost his 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 um his outward tight, I guess. Like that that's all that signifies to me. Players going to America. They're going for the paycheck, they're not going for anything else. Um so when they brought him back, I, I thought like what is the point of that? He's not gonna be interested. But he's he scored some big goals for them. Um and obviously he'd, he'd scored uh last year, um, to, to beat where it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? You need to keep keep tabs on him and he, he's he's still Somehow, at the age of thirty-four, whatever he is, finds space in the box. I mean, how defenders let like let him get away with them? I don't know. It's it's ridiculous, but there's that risk there, and I think that's why you've got to play in Bemba. And I would just tell Bemba just to go and stick on him all game and mark him tightly because he's not as quick as he used to be, but he's, he's still got enough now about him to get free in the box, and that, that's going to be yeah, that's going to be where we're biggest um, he's got sort of threat got exactly what Mitrovic is missing it's just that nouse in the box like mm-hmm. just knows where to be knows the run to make and he probably just does it instinctively he doesn't even mm-hmm. think about it which is what Mitrovic lacks um, yeah he's he's he'd, I'd say he's sort of the, he's the real difference between Newcastle and Sunderland at the minute because if we just had a goal scorer like Defoe we wouldn't be in the trouble we're in now like mm-hmm. um, we also wouldn't have Rafa Benitez so maybe it's good for him <laughs> 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 Like yeah, he's he's just been without without him they'd have been doomed long ago. Like, have you scored? He's scored ten goals or something yeah, for this season. No, ten, like, we'd be tenth with the foe. Yeah, if we'd had the foe in our squad. Would be tenth. Yeah. Um, if we can keep him quiet on Sunday, they've not. They've got no chance. If we can keep him from scoring, they've got. They won't. They won't win. Mm-hmm. They won't score. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's true. They've got, they've got Endoy, who's been a bit of a handful for them. And cars has he scored yet? He hasn't scored, but he's been a bit of a he's been a nuisance. So he might be he might be a nuisance out on the wing, which could cause one of our defenders to kick the ball on our own net. Is that what you? That is, <laughs> I would say that's genuinely like a real, real possibility. <laughs> left left back Jack Colback just craps himself in. Kind of it happened. It happened literally two weeks ago against Bournemouth. <laughs> Didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm putting it out there as a ridiculous like shoot, shoot balling downwards, but I'm, I'm shooting myself down because we literally saw it happen two weeks ago. That's embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, no one, no one's got anything out about Sunderland's players. Ah, I, I don't particularly want to talk about them. To be honest, I mean, it's you're right. You're right to point out a few threats, but I think Rafa will be well aware of what what Sunderland are about. Um, I mean, he's been in England, so the, the whole um, in the past, I think he still watches a lot of Premier League football. So surely he knows exactly what what Sunderland are going to come and try and do. Um, I think he's he's got enough about him to be able to um, neutralise their threats. It's just a case of the players applying it on the pitch. Um, but I think a big a big statement will be the the team he selects out, and I guess the mentality will we'll know what what his his priority is when when we see that that team sheet. Because I think if he goes to the the, the team that we've um, suggested uh, tonight, that'll be a big statement of intent that we're, we're going there. there to give them a good hiding and, and force the issue on them and, and put them under pressure and I think that's what we need, how we need to approach this game um, yeah. I think I they he's on the spot Ben, score I think we'll win 2-1 Holland 7-0 get it uh, <laughs> I think we're going to win 3-0 I think, I think we'll, we'll walk away with it I, I don't think with our defence we'll I mean I suppose it's as I said I mean we're probably like Leicester shouldn't have scored against we really they didn't really create too many great chances. So. We're, we're such an unknown quantity still under Benitez. Like, how much of an effect is he going to have had on them? Because you, you couldn't really tell against Leicester. This is the one where you're going to find out. You, you, you don't turn bad players into good players overnight, do you? No. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting to find out. I'm getting loads of feedback here. Um, have you got, <laughs> <Mickey>? <laughs> have you got <laughs> some speakerphone, Mickey? No. All right. 
yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like still such an. And I think we're gonna, like I've been one of these people all season that's been like we've got good players, we've just got a bad manager. Well, mm-hmm. we're about to find out whether yeah, we've just no. been kidding ourselves because if they're not going to play for Benitez, mm-hmm. then they're not going to play. They're not fit to wear the shirt or any shirt. They can't be asked to play for him. Mickey, I'll turn it around on you. What do you think? What do I think on what? The score? Oh, you said 3-0, <laughs> didn't you? Sorry. said 3-0, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is going to get the goals? Um, defensive players. I'd love Colback to get one. Um, I think Mitrovic will, will get one. Maybe it's two. Wijnaldum will be on the shoes. And possibly De Jong. Yeah. Four, four goals. Four goals in a 3-0 game. One will get disallowed. Yeah. There you go. Can't wait to say that. Saved you. I'd love Colback to score. Nothing would give me more yeah, joy than to score. He should have scored at that time this season as well, would he, man? Yeah, he should have. He completely missed it, the shot, didn't he? Uh, that was a shot, yeah. Yeah, the less we talk about that, the better, I think. True. Agreed. So, a brief thought about Dodgy's um, match preview. Have you, have you two read it? Uh, I haven't, but just looking at the comments, is this suitable for the radio? It's, as long as we don't repeat the language that's been used in response. <laughs> um I don't know whether it's been I'll let, I'll let you lead. or not, but um, it's worth it's worth all of you having a read of uh, Dodgy's match preview because it's great and it mentions a few things we've talked about in the past, including um, Adam Johnson, which we haven't really spoken about on the, either the radio show or the part wrestling news book. Um, but more interesting than that is the Sunland fans' reaction on their on their um, their forum. I don't know what it's called. Ready to go? Is it? Or two two. Uh, they're all absolutely beaten off about <laughs> about Dodds talking about Sunderland, <laughs> which is it's just a great read. They just made themselves look so stupid. Um, the the most ironic, most common, and most ironic comment from them is just talking about how we're obsessed with them, how how Dodds is, is obsessed with them because he's writing an article about the Derby and talking about Sunderland. When let's be honest, they. They're constantly obsessed about Newcastle. They're constantly talking about Newcastle. Their, their weekend depends on Newcastle's result, not Sunderland's result. And they're all sitting there reading an article about a derby written by a Newcastle fan. Like, I just there's no reason, there's no circumstances where I'd be like, I wonder what Sunderland fans are thinking this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on their their fanzine website and read an article written by one of their fans about the, about the match coming at the weekend. So I think I've, I've got no interest in what they've got to say. So I think. You know, this might be an unpopular view, but obviously... Oh, here comes Sunderland <laughs> Bolland again. No, no, right. So Dodds has obviously written this preview. They've all kicked off about it on their message board because they've been reading True Faith, board. right? And then this has come about because we've then been reading their message board kicking <laughs> off. So uh, uh, no, no, but it's, it's the egg and the chicken Bolland. They're more obsessed than us. Um... <laughs> It's just the way. It's Stop just being so obsessed reading, like so allowing us to read things that you've read about our things, man. <laughs> um, so it's, it's I guess it's part and parcel of the rivalry, isn't it? It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It is good. It's a good read, though. I, I strongly recommend you go and have a look. What? Like it cracked me up when I read it before. There, there. Comment about oh, right. article. <laughs> oh. Obviously, nothing we can repeat on the radio. I'm sure. Most of them we can't. They don't. They don't really understand irony or like jokes. Like everything, they must take. They take everything so literally, um, which they do in real life as well. <laughs> They're an odd bunch. <laughs> uh, well, how's everyone? How's everyone feeling? Let us know on Twitter if you're feeling the same as us. The last two days for me, my attitude has changed completely. I'm so nervous now. I was doing all right at the start of the week, but ooh. I'm really nervous. It's you, such a huge game. I tell you what really perks me up whenever I get really nervous is just go and watch the videos of the fans at Leicester singing Rafa Benitez's name. <laughs> and then for like 20 minutes, you're like, ah, no, it's all going to be all right, isn't it? There, uh, there's a good a good 10-minute video from half-time on Monday night of, of everyone singing on the concourse, which is class. I've watched it before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll be down there. Yeah. yeah, that was it was good atmosphere. I did enjoy that. It's nice to have that um, optimism back, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's nice to spend four hours in the in the car on the way to Leicester trying to make a song about Leicester. <laughs> I'm every woman. <laughs> Someone want to give a rendition? No, no, no. You weren't against the idea in the four hours down. Then. Yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> but I'd, I'd had far more to drink than I have tonight. So, <laughs> yeah. after a few cans in the car, we all thought that we'd crack it and we'd made the song. 
<laughs> oh, it was, it was good fun. It was good fun. <laughs> Lots of fun to be had. Right. Well, I think that's our time tonight. Um, so hopefully we'll be back doing a podcast next week uh, talking about the smashing and the demolition of, of Sunderland at St. James's Park. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, read Dogger's match preview on the Truth Faith website. Um, and then we'll be back again at the same time next week on the radio show as well. So thank you for listening and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Cheers.